Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Everybody, welcome back to another Thursday episode here at the Buffalo Happy Hour with our friends. I'll let him introduce himself because he's way more qualified than I am. But we'll also talk about where we are uh, and then we'll dive into today's episode content, the meat and potatoes. So you want to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Justin Hartman. I am a co-founder, co-owner, and head distiller here at Hartman's Distillery. So where are we specifically now? We are in the distilling floor of Hartman's Distilling Co. at 55 Chicago Street. Fantastic. So what we want to educate our audience on are the main steps on how to distill. Derek and I had this great idea to do it, and then we're like, you know what, why don't we just have a head distiller do it? Because again, more qualified. So here we are, tapped into our network, and we're excited for it. So first step of making whiskey, what do we got? You gotta buy the grain, or source the grain. A mash bill is is made up of of the grain components uh, that go into whatever your product might be. For a bourbon, it has to be at least 51% corn. Uh, we do two different bourbon mash bills here, and then we blend them at the end. First one being one that's 21% rye, 76% corn, and 4% malted barley. Um, the second large grain in that is called the flavor grain. Corn has to be at least 51%. Don't get me wrong, you get a lot of flavor from the corn. That's what gives bourbon that bold, sweet taste that we all know and love. Yep. But it's that second main grain that distinguishes between whether it's a little more spicy and hearty like a rye or a little bit softer and sweeter like a wheat. Sure. Our second mash bill uh, is 45, well, it was 45%. We actually just reduced it to 35% wheat. Uh, we still go with the 5% malted barley. We actually use a honey malt here on both ends of it. Uh, and what would it be? The other would be 55% corn. Love it. Yeah. So there's still some math involved, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm doing it on the fly. Yeah, you caught exactly. me off guard. I know, I, I apologize, <laughs> my fault. So this is some of our grain. This is actually the honey malt we use. So the purpose of malt is primarily to act as an enzyme to help break down those starch molecules. However, it does impart some flavor. We decided to go with an untraditional uh, way about it, 
and we went with a honey malt or switched all our malt over to honey malt. It's just the way of germination, where the way they cut it off in the stage, it actually produces like a honey taste and if you want to smell it, like a honey flavor, a honey scent to it. Yeah. Um, we actually uh, got this idea from Rabbit Hole, to be honest with you. Uh, they do it in all their bourbons. We tried some of their, I think it was like their two-year make, and you could, I, I believe you could pick it up, and I thought it was super cool. So we, uh, we located it. It's the only one of our grains that we use that is not grown in New York State. They, they just started, there was a, a producer in New York State that just started doing it, um, but it's, that's a pretty new thing here. So from the mash, we, we, it goes into what's called a mash ton or a giant cooker, essentially. So you're putting over a thousand pounds of grain in there. We, we, we're just over a thousand. We used to do, use a thousand and made the math nice and easy. But we learned we could just get a little bit more out and fill the barrels a little fuller hmm. by adding about 20%. So you, you add about 500 pounds of, or gallons of water. Uh, it cooks for two, three hours. Uh, and then we have to crash it down in temperature, which is what you guys hear in the background right now. And then it gets pumped over to the fermenters. Which is stage, or step two. Step two of the process. Step two is step fermentation. Two yes. Perfect. Very important process is step one though, is adding enzymes. Enzymes help the starch molecules that's found in your corn, your rye, your wheat, your uh, malted barley, or your honey malt in our case, uh, break, you wanna break those starch molecules down. So eventually when you throw in the yeast, the yeast can go around and eat all those starch molecules. Perfect, because yeah. it opens it up. Correct. Gives them something to eat. Correct. Exactly. Perfect. So once we get into step two, how do you physically move it from point A to point B? So we use a big old pump, you know, okay. commercial grade pump. Um, it's it's a slurry, so it's it's heavy, it's thick. In fact, the one we're doing right now is, is our rye whiskey mash bill. So it's ninety five percent rye, five percent honey malt, and the ninety five percent rye is rye is just a very thicker, hearty grain, so mm -hmm. it's like cement. So that's Jeez. why. It, Usually it takes us about 10 minutes. The ride takes us closer to 30 minutes to move. It's just that much thicker. So it adds about 20 minutes just to move it from point Just a. to move it, just to heat it up. That's why we do it in the wintertime when it's nice yep. and cold. Perfect. Helps us cool it down faster. Right so every week when we, when we do our, our four mashes, we bring over all of our grains from our warehouse uh, and we, we get ready. And each day we do a mash. Some days we do two mashes. Mashes are done here in the mash tub. Mash ton is a 700 gallon vessel. Uh, we fill it with 500 gallons worth of water. The grains go in just right out of the bags, right like you saw, a certain, uh, based on a certain weight percentage. Um, and yeah, it's heated up and eventually, you know, you get up to boiling or, or right at about 212 degrees. Uh, you pitch two different yeasts, uh, or I'm sorry, you pitch two different enzymes uh, on the way up and on the way down. And, um, when it comes down, we actually want to crash it, which means uh, we want to chill it faster than it's, it's going to do naturally on its own. And to do that, we use a um, tube-in-tube -tube wart chiller. So basically, it's just a heat extractor, extraction device where you're pumping the wart through, cold water's running around the outside, the cold water's absorbing the heat, and the wart's coming back into the tank a lot colder than it came into the wart chiller. So we crash that down, and once it's of temp, we use the big old pump, which is, which is what we're doing right now, to pump the mash uh, from the mash ton to whatever fermenter we're filling. This one, uh, we appear to be from, uh, filling up uh, Elliot here, named after um, Brent Elliot, master distiller over at Four Roses. So similar to beer, um, cleaning is a massive aspect of this too. Oh yeah. 
do you immediately clean once you're done pumping from point A to point B, or do you wait until the end? No, I mean, everything gets cleaned as soon as it's done being used. Okay. Yeah, mash tongue gets cleaned. There's still some water on the floor because we were just power washing inside of the still. Um, it's just a process. You want to stay ahead of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, there's a little bit more of a sanitation factor in distilling only because you're, you're ultimately heating it up and using just the vapors. But at the same time, little variances um, such as, uh, all right, let me go into the weeds just a little bit. Is that all right? That's okay. All right. No problem. So ultimately what you're doing, you're pitching yeast in your mash, right? And you want your distillers, each, which, which we have a certain yeast strain that we use, to go around and eat the starch molecules and release certain compounds that are eventually going to make up your whiskey's profile. Believe it or not, there's natural yeast everywhere in the year. Um, in addition to that, you know, a tank, it's metal, bacteria can grow, things like that. So if you're not clean, when you pitch your yeast, it's, it's onto the mash, and you already have the natural yeast, it's going to be a competition for who gets to eat the starch molecules first and produce your flavored first. So, so kind of the way sour beer is made, they kind of intentionally sour it, you're trying to avoid that. You want your nice, healthy yeast in there, eating up as much of the mash as you can. And that has everything to do with cleanliness, mm -hmm. has everything to do with temperature. That's why you want to hit a certain temperature point when you're right before you pitch the yeast. That's why you want to keep it in the temperature range. Because if it gets too high, the yeast dies. If it gets too low, the yeast falls asleep. And then it gives that natural yeast more opportunity or that bacteria, whatever, to, to negatively impact your mash. So, so cleanliness is a huge part of it. So when you were first starting, yeah. you won't ask how many tons of fluids were wasted. But you figured it out. Yeah. You got your ranges. Sure. We'll keep that secret for you. <laughs> Everything's a, uh, a great success. We move it over to the fermentation tanks. And then you want to just talk about step two. Step two is so we move it over to the fermentation tanks. We got cooling jackets on the fermentation tanks. And ascent, again, we just want to keep that mash in a nice range. Okay. We go and we pitch the yeast. We repopulate the yeast. And it's essentially just waking up. They come in dry, dry pack uh, containers. Uh, we wake them up. We pitch it in there. We give it a good stir. And we let the yeast do their thing. And the yeast are going to go around, eat the starch molecules, and produce three things. Heat, CO2, and alcohol. Okay. We're, you know, at the end of two or three days when the yeasts are all done, we're going to be sitting at about a 10% ABV. Um, and you can tell when it happens because once that yeast gets going, all the heavy grain molecules actually move to the top and start bubbling. It's really cool. And you get a head on that, especially in ours. Every container is a little different, but we'll get a five-inch head on that. To the point where we have to crack through with, uh, with a, you know, the paddle that we use to give it a good stir. Um, however, after about three days, all of a sudden that head falls and it stops bubbling. You're done. The yeast, is, the yeast has done its course, ran its course. It's, it could be up to four days. Everything's, everything's the kind of temperature, weather dependent, stuff like that. But um, you know then you got your what's called wort or beer. And it should be sitting at about anywhere from 9.5 to 10% ABV. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So here's, we have four fermenters here. Each one is 550 gallons. Um, so it's where the, the mash will, will stay and, and uh, we'll, we'll put the yeast in the top. Um, if we didn't pitch the second enzyme in there, this is where we'll pitch the second enzyme. Again, just to break down those starch molecules. Um, yeah, we'll put, we'll put the yeast in and then if you can see here on either side, it has uh, cold water jackets, essentially just to make sure that that uh, mash stays at a certain temperature, giving our yeast the prime opportunity to eat up all those starch molecules produce as much beautiful alcohol and esters as it possibly can, create a nice, nice whiskey mash for us. So when the mash is done, when it's kicked, we hook the, the pump back up, and now we're gonna pump directly back into the still. Love it. Yeah. So then we gotta go to step three. Right. And step three is? Step three is the first distillation. We do a double distillation method here. The first distillation is simply solid separation. We're just trying to get the alcohol out and out of the wart, the big slurry wart that we have. So we pump that wart back over into the still. Um, we hit it with steam. And the whole principle is that alcohol boils at a lower boiling point than water. So the first thing to come off is alcohol. So it comes off, it gets kind of pressurized through the system to a condenser. A condenser is nothing more than a tube of cold water. Once that hot steam hits that cold water, it you know, re, you know, turns back into liquid form, drops. And that's when it, it, you know, it, it does it at such a fast enough rate that you're, you're collecting a clear liquid at about 30% ABV, and you'll, we'll, we'll collect it for about two hours. Two hours? Yeah. Have you tasted that? Or uh, do you just kind of leave it alone? You don't want to taste it. No, yeah, no. Okay. So that's, so the, it's not just like alcohol. When I say alcohol, this first run is not alcohol like you think, like you drink. There's many different forms of alcohol, including acetone and, and things that aren't too good for you. So you collect all the alcohols in the first run. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't smell that pretty. It doesn't necessarily, I've never tasted it, I never want to. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, that's, that's what you call, we call our low wines at that point. Okay. It's a clear liquid, it's at about 30% ABV. Perfect. So is this where the hand sanitizer aspect kicked in? No, with the distillation I, process, or is that later? Outside question. Yeah, but. that's that's kind of that's a different that's a different animal. That's then you have to distill it down to get all the way up to that 192 proof to okay. make yep. that that hand sanitizer. But to go back to what you were saying, I think you're referring to is some of that hand sanitizer wasn't the smelling the best. Yeah. Because in their second distillation one, they weren't taking out the heads because they're like, meh, it's just going on people's hands. It's not necessarily being ingested. So the heads and the tails are left in. Doesn't smell the greatest. Gotcha. It's not pure ethanol. That's why they also put on it, don't drink it. Yes. <laughs>
This is a 660-gallon uh, hybrid pot still, uh, one of the largest in the state of New York. So we'll, we'll pump all 530 gallons over to the still. Uh, it's steam heated, so that's what these uh, pipes are here. It comes from our boiler room across the top of the distillery floor, down. Well, there's a simple little control valve over here with a pressure gauge. Uh, yeah, so we pump it in, seal it up, hit it with the steam. And again, that first run, we're just going hot and fast because it's just solid separation. We just want to get, get the alcohol out, let's go, uh, let's collect it and let's move on kind of thing. Moving on to the fourth phase is? Well, actually there's phase, I guess, I mean, 3B. Three, yeah. 3B. We, we could go 3B before we actually get into yeah. aging. So 3B is we collect all of the low wine. So each fermenter here yields about one uh, barrel of bourbon in the very end. Okay. Roughly, they yield about 150 gallons of low wines or 200 gallons of low wines. We put them all together back in the still at the end of the week, and we do what's called a second run or a distillation run. Now, this run is again run through the still, steam on it, but it's a lot slower. It's a lot more directed. There's a lot of different temperature gauges that you'll see involved. Mm -hmm. um, and we run it through a second column this time that has copper plates, because the more copper a distillate hits, the better, essentially, because Copper combines with the sulfur that's just naturally in there to, to make copper sulfate, it drops out of your final product. So we customized our still to make sure the entire thing was copper. We had a second column with all copper bubble trap caps that you'll see that the vapors actually pass through. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's actually closer to seven and a half hour, eight hour run. And um, that's fun because <laughs> <laughs> essentially, this is where you collect your ethanol and you make your heads and your hearts and your tails cuts. Yep. Uh, you're, it's, think of it as, as like a bell curve. You want to collect that middle 70%. Okay. That first 15% is alcohols you don't want, such as acetone. That last 15% is alcohols that you don't necessarily want, like but butanol or something. So there's a whole bunch in there, but they're not terribly bad either. There's a whole other set of science. We got really in the weeds all the time where people actually aim for a little bit of tails because they're starting to map out, like it adds banana at this, if it's aged for this long under these certain conditions. There's a little bit more to the tails, but generally people take out the heads and the tails. They want that 70%, they want that ethanol. That's what comes off the still. It's still clear, but now it's coming off anywhere between like 152 all the way down to about 120. Our middle line or our final collection, the aggregate is proofed out at about 140. So for that first run, that stripping run, uh, the, the condensate's gonna come across the top here and go straight into the condenser. And the condenser is the big column with a bunch of little um, tubes going forth, coming out with uh, cold city water. It's gonna hit that cold city water, condense and bubble over and we're gonna collect it right out of here. And it actually comes down at such a high rate that this little upside down straw here is bubbling over with distillate. This is where we'll take the cap off and we can do our distillation me measurements. We let a hydrometer sit right here and it, it tells us the proof at all times and we measure the proof. This helps us make our cuts. This helps us read what kind of alcohols are coming in and out. The middle column here is actually what we activate for that final stripping run, or final um, spirits run, I'm sorry. Uh, so then the, the, the condensate actually gets pushed down, up through here and out to the condenser. And this just allows it to hit a bunch more copper. There's also a deflamator at the top, a copper deflamator at the top. If we wanted to, we could turn all these different plates on, the bubble copper trays, 
and each one would count as a different distillation cycle. So for example, if you ever heard six times distilled vodka, doesn't necessarily mean that the vodka ran through a still like this six times. It means there was six distillations, which could have just been six plates. Sometimes you hear 20 times distilled vodka, that means there's 20 plates involved. Um, sometimes there's a deflamator involved or not. Deflamator is similar to a condenser, only it's all copper, and it's like that final, final cleansing. So we actually, believe it or not, we don't activate the deflamator, we don't activate any of the plates when we're doing our whiskey runs. We found out that it was actually bumping up our proof a little too high. Uh, whiskey cannot come out of the still over 160 proof. We still like the fact that it's hitting all that copper. We think that adds to the, the you know, making sure that all the sulfur's out of the distillate. Um, so we just let it pass through kind of naturally without actually trying to physically distill it more times. Because whiskey, you, you want more of that flavor grain. You want uh, a little bit of grit to it. That's why on the whiskey still, you'll see that nice smooth helmet or whiskey stills will have a kind of a smooth helmet or like a, um, a Hershey Kiss size shape to them. You want that gentle distillation. You don't necessarily want a harder, heavier distillation because you're not trying to clean it as much. You're not trying to create a neutral spirit like a vodka or a gin. The heads and tails are the first 15% and last 15% of the run, and those are rough numbers. Um, alcohol is not all just ethanol, but you want to collect just the ethanol. The ethanol is that middle, probably 70% of the curve, which means that you want to get rid of the first 15%, collect the next 70, and then get rid of or reuse the last 15%. So to make those cuts, we'll rely heavily on the various thermometers. So we've, we've recorded what kind of happens in our still. Every still is different at different temperature points, what different readings mean. And then we'll rely heavily on the hydrometer, what the proof is based on the different temperatures. And then ultimately also comes down to simple smell, touch, taste. Uh, the aroma of it, it's, it's very uh, obvious when it comes, it goes from acetone to ethanol. Um, and then at the very end, it's very obvious when it's coming out of ethanol and more into this wetter, tailsier type alcohol. And then that leads us into our final step. Leads us into the final step. Final step is you proof it down and you put it in the barrel. Bourbon by definition cannot be proofed or put in the barrel at an entry proof above 125. So you proof it down with reverse osmosis water. It's essentially water that's just filtered uh, to mimic the reverse osmosis process. Flat, clear, nothing, nothing in it. Yep. We proof it down. We proof ours down to do different levels. We proof our wheat down to 107, our wheat and bourbon. We proof our rye down to 117. Rye and wheat are very different. That's what, that's what our whole thing is, but combining yep. them at the very end, um, that's why we distill them differently, proof them differently, different proof entry points, and it does make a difference. Uh, and, we, and you get you sock them away. You fill the barrels with about 52 gallons and sock them away. And how long are you aging? Right now, we're, we're trying to hit the four-year mark before our, the HDC, the stuff that we made right here in this room, hits the market. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, we use brand new white oak American barrels, uh, char heavy or char three, and we, we alternate well, we alternate between a char three and we have some char twos, and then all of them are heavy toast. So there's a char and a toast on all of our barrels here. Um, we uh, use. Calvin, or this is actually Spicehead Cooperage, so this is one of the MGPs. But we use only independent stave, and we did have a small order from Calvin to try them out. Um, independent stave Cooperage is out of Lebanon, Kentucky. Massive Cooperage, one of the largest in the world. Tough to get a contract with. They make some of the best barrels. That's why we're, we're happy with where our barrels are. So in essence, what happens here is, is 50 to 70% of the flavor comes out of these little bad boys. Um, 
when the distillate comes off, it's clear. It's clear, it tastes like corn, whiskey, moonshine. It goes into these, it ages, that's where you're gonna get all that nice caramel color, all those toffee, vanilla, um, caramel, some cherry, different flavor profiles based on its, its aging in the barrel. That's why having a, a, a good barrel is really key to making good whiskey. So what you're looking at here is actually the head of a barrel. It is a charred head of a barrel and you can see the char on top of it. You can also see, if you look real close, the line of where the whiskey actually penetrated into the wood. It's maybe even better right here. Kind of see where that dark wood goes to that light wood. Um, and right behind that light dark wood, or actually, I'm sorry, right behind the char, if you look real close, there's, there's what's called the red layer. And that formally is, is what was where the, the barrel, the char turns into more of a toast and it's more of a caramelization. Those red layers are a lot more prominent in toasted barrels, barrels that include a toast. Thank you so much. We appreciate all your knowledge. We're extremely fortunate to have you in our city, uh, but then also have the ability to come down here and work with you and do these kind of videos that really help our audience. So thank you for your time. Absolutely. Okay. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.